Hello, and welcome to Never Would Have Guessed, the podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Bethany Frey. And I'm your other host, Carissa Brim. This is a place where we dive into the things others never would have guessed about sexual drama. Here's what we want you to know. No matter your relationship to sexual trauma, you are welcome in this conversation. And while this podcast centers around our experience, specifically with sexual trauma, the concepts we cover may apply to other traumas as well. We are not therapists, but therapy has been game-changing for both of us. We've also seen that safe conversations with trusted people can be an anchor in the healing process. We know firsthand that this can be a heavy topic. So consider this your official invitation to own your experience of this conversation. If you get three minutes in and feel like your shoulders have become permanent earrings, just hit the pause button. Take a few deep breaths, maybe move your body a bit. Decide if today is a good day to enter this conversation and then trust your decision with no shame. At the end of every episode, we will guide you through a two-minute grounding exercise to hopefully leave you feeling light and empowered by honest conversation. Thank you so much for joining us. We are so glad you're here. This week in episode four, we are picking up with part two of our conversation on purity culture and trauma. This can be a really complex subject, which is why we split it up into two parts. So if you weren't able to catch episode three last week, we would suggest starting there just so you can get a baseline for this conversation. The focus of this episode is going to be on what spirituality looks like for both Bethany and I now in light of our trauma and how that connects to our evolving understanding of our sexuality. So the question that comes to my mind is both of us talked about how spirituality has been a big part of our lives. Mm. So I'm curious for you in this process of reflecting back on purity culture Mm. and the trauma and pain that it has left you with. Mm. How does that impact your relationship with healing and spirituality? Mm. Such a great question. Spirituality and trauma. I didn't really see a connection other than I knew when things were hard to just dive into my spirituality, like pray, journal, read my Bible. And I'll be honest, like my relationship with God has been powerful apart from the religious scaffolding. Mm-hmm. Um the intense experiences that I've had with the divine have not really been connected <laughs> to things that are really harped on from pulpits and in small groups. <laughs> yeah, I totally resonate with that. So I'll say in some ways, um, I like double down, but I'll be honest, in the last couple of years, it's impacted my spirituality. And I think it's because The way purity culture was so deeply presented as connected to God, then all of the shame that comes into purity culture is directly connected to God. And so then you have just like your good old-fashioned classic textbook shame from sexual trauma. And then, oh my God, I've had sex outside of marriage now, right? Because like that's, I think I would later redefine 
sex. Yeah. But, well, oh my gosh, like now I'm, I'm out of my good graces. This was the thing that I could always count on to prove that I was good and righteous and like walking the straight and narrow. Mm-hmm. Like I have crossed over. Yes. Mm-hmm. For crying out loud, I tried so hard with so many guys. I liked so much to not cross that line. And then just all of a sudden one night, and I did without consent. It was rattling, so rattling. And so I, it feels to me like the normal shame that comes with sexual trauma was then just amplified because then of all of the religious shame that was partnered with it, like so yeah. inseparable. Yeah. And I think as I start to divorce myself from that shame, it feels really hard not to divorce myself from religion because the way that I experienced my story, yeah, it felt like a setup that then once it happened, I was left out to dry. And so that is just not the God I know. And so I don't know if my God fits into the narratives that I was given. And I can't separate a lot of the narratives that probably feel really benign to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. A lot of religious teachings probably just feel like a normal Sunday. But in my mind, I'm immediately drawing a thousand connections to this is how people get abused. This is how people get taken advantage of. This is how we set our societies and our families up for failure. That feels hard to say because it was such a core part of my identity. But I think the benefit in exploring spirituality like this is now I just have so much more permission to be curious. It's not as dangerous to dream that God is bigger than what we've made him to be. So it's a, it's an ongoing journey, but that's where I think that's where I'm kind of landing now and I think it's just helpful to recognize without shame that trauma impacted my spirituality, but that's not something I have to be shameful for. So for you, I know that you have explained the connection between your family, the church, your participation in the church, your kind of like clinging <laughs> to beauty culture as like a life raft. What does spirituality look like for you right now in light of your trauma? Well, I uh, can answer this question with a book. <laughs> it feels like. It's like, oh my gosh, how to summarize. My spirituality has evolved so much through my healing process and I was just sitting here vigorously nodding my head when you were describing the most impactful experiences with the divine have felt other than the restrictive teachings that I was brought up in I mean I was just going like absolutely how purity culture ended for me in a nutshell (laughs) uh you know spoiler alert i got married to a fellow worship leader and also a virgin 
you know, we gritted our teeth through engagement and and made it to the wedding night. You live the dreams. I live the dream, baby. <laughs> and I'm here to tell you it's everything they said it would be. Note for the audio. <laughs> Sarcastic grin and notes like. Yeah. Dripping with sarcasm. No, I mean, if Jordan were sitting right next to me, we would both be in agreement on it was the biggest disappointment for a few reasons. One, you cannot completely shut down your sexuality and then overnight turn it on overflowing. It doesn't work that way. And there's so much pressure and there's so much expectation placed on your wedding night and your honeymoon and like I remember, you know, in our youth group, we joke about like, you know, older siblings or like, let's say we're seniors and people who are like, you know, because I lived in the South, it's like two or three years old or like getting married. Like, oh, your brain has not even fused together yet. Like, <laughs> can we just take a moment? And I remember the joke was like, oh, they're going on their honeymoon. You know, like, wink, wink, like, have fun. Like, just this, Wolf. like, so much emphasis put on the wedding night. Mm. And, man, you talk about what set you up for failure. It's like, my God, how much pressure to put on two people on one night. So I felt cheated. I felt disillusioned. I felt, actually, you know what? Before I felt cheated, I felt, again, like I had ruined everything. Mm. So we'll talk about this a little bit later, but for me, intercourse was very painful. Even though I loved Jordan, I was really into what we were doing. I had conflicting messages going on in my body where part of my body was like there and I'm with him. Part of my body is triggered out of my mind. And then part of my body is like, absolutely not. Wow. I mean, and I just had no tools. I had no tools to deal with this. Because all I knew was like, this has been shut off and then turn it on. And because of the expectation of the wife providing sex for her husband I felt like I was failing him right out of the gate and so for a couple years I was pretty used to and comfortable with the shame narrative (laughs) and the I am bad narrative that man I just stayed in that and the consequence for my body was constant pain just constant pain and migraines and stress and anxiety and I paid the price for it after years of sexual abuse as a kid and so that was the first time I started thinking wait a second I played the long game for a long time and I didn't get this prize that was promised to me. Mm. So I must have done it wrong. Mm. 
this is this is what I wish we would teach young women. Your sexuality will change and ebb and flow over time. Every year, every couple years, as hormones shift, like if you decide to have babies, if you are able to have babies after you have kids, like as life circumstances change, as you become more comfortable with your body, as your partner changes, these are things that I've learned. These are things that I have given myself permission to embrace and be. And it's taken me a long time to be okay with being a sexual person. It's taken me a long time to be okay being human. Because it terrified me. It absolutely terrified me. If I let myself be sexual, if I let myself feel pleasure... I viewed sexuality as this. Have you watched Rhea and the Last Dragon? <laughs> Sadly, no, I've not watched that yet. Okay. <laughs> well, in the movie, there is this like amoebic kind of smoke that just engulfs people. And it doesn't have a particular shape. It's very unpredictable. And when you let it out, it consumes everything in its path. And when I saw that movie, I was triggered as hell mm -hmm. because I was like, that's how I viewed sexuality. What it is this powerful thing without shape, without name, without context, and it consumes everything in its path. And I know it's in me. Like, I can't deny that it's in me. But don't let it out. My God, do not let it out because you don't know what it will consume. And I'm finally in the place where I'm renaming it. Mm -hmm. I'm recontextualizing it. I am embracing my sexuality not in relationship to other people. Mm. Wow. Not in relationship to my husband. Not in relationship to purity culture, not really, like in relationship to my body, to my parts and pieces and emotions and experiences. My sexuality is mine. And to go even further than that, I can be with divine and be sexual and be beloved. Mm -hmm. My sexuality is not separate from my spirituality. Wow, 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 wow. My sexuality is not separate from my spirituality. <laughs> that is blowing my mind right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for being so honest about what that journey has looked like because mm. oh my gosh that feels so deeply deeply relatable in ways that like sometimes we don't know we've experienced something until we hear someone else say it and then it's like mm -hmm. wait that's it mm -hmm. and as you were answering the question of 
how has sexual trauma impacted spirituality? I thought it was so fascinating that you described your sex life, like your journey mm-hmm. with sex. Mm-hmm. And I think that is so incredible. Mm. And your presence is so fire in this room right now. I'm like so hot. Like truly, like it is just thinking about kind of just this story arc that you've given us what in like just a few minutes. That is such a victory cry. Mm. The fact that your story starts with this insidious separation where it's like if you're going to be a part of this spiritual community, you will not have a sexuality. And now sexuality is your spirituality or vice versa. Or maybe that's like an overstep of phrase, but they're not removed. Like Bethany, (laughs) that's a chilling and really emotional art. Yeah. And for all the purity culture kids who were given such similar narratives, if we are made in the image of God and we are sexual beings, then our sexuality and spirituality has got to be connected <laughs> and not because we are a vessel to serve a different being. You're oh, a badass. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Our humanity is what we spend if we let it a lifetime trying to outrun. Oh, And yet, our humanity is the way we connect with divine. Like, that, that is the connection. And, and to be human is to be sexual. I think I'm just overstating the point. God, it was a great fucking point. <laughs> <laughs> you said that and I was like, <laughs> Gage, good news. Bethany brought sexy back. <laughs> I just want to say, for the listener, I I cannot help but draw this connection. Right before we hopped on to talk about this, like the energy was kind of low, like we were kind of feeling a little bit tired. And so we had like a little dance party and Bethany pulled up Justin Timberlake's Spotify, which he is, I love him, <laughs> as as she struggles to put a sentence together. <laughs> I, 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 uh, um, Justin Timberlake. Okay, currently, his number one song is still Sexy Back. Is that the name of this episode? (laughs) Sexy Back. Sexy Back. I'm into it. We can name it that. Wow. Bethany, thank you so much. I, like, already said thank you, but it just, it's, um, these are such hard conversations to have because it's so easy to not be as honest as you want to be. And like, I'm sure we've both held back appropriately as we need to, but it's just such a good reminder that safe vulnerability and honesty. Oh, the post-Christian trying to figure out her spirituality woman sitting here feels so cringy doing this, but like, I think all truth is God's truth. And I think truth sets us free. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of truth has been spoken here. Mm. And that feels really freeing. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I think this topic deserves so much airspace. 
Mm. And there are some people who are devoting so much time and wisdom and research and who are storytellers mm. who are are becoming some of the forefront experts for those of us who share this this similar journey through and out of purity culture mm. and so we are going to list some of those people in the notes so that they can say things we forgot to say mm. and say some of the stuff better and if something in our conversation today had rattled your brain and if there are questions, like if you don't have a full thought and you're just like bullet points, like this plus this, this question mark, like that too, that feels, um, I don't know. We're both verbal processors and it really helps us to just get the dang thing out. <laughs> yeah, let's make a space to process. Let's do it. Well. For those of you who would have never guessed about how much there was to dissect between purity culture and sexual trauma, hopefully today was just a little bit enlightening. So whether you are someone who loves someone who's experienced purity culture and or sexual trauma or someone who has firsthand had a go at all of this, hopefully today brought you just a little bit closer to your own knowing. Today, we're going to take a moment to reconnect with our bodies and our surroundings. And we're going to do that by looking at our hands. Slowly stretch your arms in front of you, bringing your hands into focus. Begin wiggling your fingers, drawing your attention to each of your individual fingers. Turn your hands so that you are looking at the back of them. Notice three particular attributes about your hands. Is there one pronounced freckle or mole that you notice? Maybe you have a hangnail you didn't see before. After visually taking in your hands, now turn your hand over, tracing the inside of your palm. Now together, we will pinch together our thumbs with each individual finger. Let's begin by touching together our pinkies and our thumbs. Now let's press together our ring finger and thumb. Moving to our middle finger and ending with our pointer finger. Wiggle your fingers one last time, taking a deep breath in and looking around at your surroundings as you breathe out. Breathing deeply, paying attention to my body, these have all been crucial to my healing journey. And if I'm honest, part of my healing journey has also included learning how to feel comfortable asking for what I would like. So here I go. If you enjoyed this conversation today, please feel free to share it and rate, review, and subscribe wherever it is that you listen. You can find us on Instagram at Bethany underscore Frey and at Carissa Brim or online at neverwouldhaveguessed.com. You can also help sustain the podcast by becoming one of our Patreon subscribers. 
Find us at patreon.com slash never would have guessed podcast. All of this really does make a gigantic difference for us in helping these conversations make their way to others who need them too. Friends, thank you so much for listening. As you go out into the rest of your day, may you feel empowered to navigate the things others never would have guessed about you and to make room for others doing the same. We'll see you guys next week.